Good evening and welcome to the Water and Wastewater Commission meeting. Um, uh, what's today's date? 17th. 17th. May 17th. Thank you. I'll call the meeting to order. Um, please be advised FATV is conducting an audio and video recording of this meeting for public broadcast. I ask anyone else in the audience who is recording this meeting to please identify themselves for the record now by standing and sharing the name and address. Ready? Um, at this time, I ask that any electronic de devices be placed in, si placed in silent mode. Um, now I need to have a roll call. And where is my... George Cena. George, there you are. Um, I'm Rick Healy. Uh, Nick Erickson is remote. Yep, here. Mike McLaughlin. Here. John DeLine. Present. Mark McNamara. Present. Uh, Stephen Bother, or Badurther is not here. Oh, oh here, here. Why did, I'm sorry. And Colby O'Brien's not here. And Mark O'Brien is not here. Okay. And is there any public hearing this evening? I see none. Okay, then we can get started. We'll start with water. And John. Sure. Um, first uh, item on my agenda is the water, um, FY24 water budget. Um, sorry we didn't get this to you Monday. We're waiting for some file numbers from Calvin um, for loans and some other um, contract items. So um, we would have liked to have gotten out earlier so to give you more time to review. But um, we had to wait for those numbers to, to put the final uh, final. T crossed and I dotted. So um, much of my budget with just minor variations mirrors exactly what was in the rate study. Um, the uh, increased, uh, you know, um, in water rates is reflected with an increase in revenue in that line on which will cover, you know, much of the, uh, the increases in the budget itself. Um, some of those increases include uh, personnel, um, do the new rates, which I'll talk about with the staffing update, but the rates, but also assuming that we'll have a, a full staff of 25 people versus 13 to 15 the last couple of years. So um, so there's a, a larger item there. Um, and we have been, I will just go right to the staffing update just as it ties in. Um, we've been able to uh, fill a number of positions with experienced and some not experienced people, but you know some background in uh, public work. So we're down to just three vacancies in the water department. And we have some more interviews and some other potential candidates, and we anticipate and to be able to probably within two weeks fill those last three positions. So it's been a, with a new contract with that union, um, 170, it's been a, a dramatic change in the quality of the candidates we're getting. Um, and uh, we're real pleased with that. So we've got some, probably some of the most experienced people apply um, in, in a number of years four positions here. So now that we are competitive with uh, other cities and towns, um, some people that may have been working, live in Fitchburg and working further away decided to, you know, to uh, apply here and take a job here when they were offered it just to uh, limit their commute. But, you know, we wouldn't have had been able to do that without the uh, higher wage rates, which makes us competitive, like I said, with other cities and towns. Um, so you'll see some, you know, increases in personnel reflecting not only the increase in salaries, but mainly the uh, 
staffing being much higher than you know fully staffed it has been in past years so um, it's been a number of years before we've been even over you know 23 people in the water department so um, and that's already showing through again back on the staffing is that we're actually flushing hydrants this year got an early start on it and able to keep people at that so um, I'm really happy about that because we haven't you know been able to keep up to that as much as we would like um, so I anticipate a a huge improvement in that area so um, I don't know if there's any questions on the personnel part of it um, anybody any questions we'll go through sections I won't go too far through the budget okay. Nick and if you have anything to add just jump in if I miss something okay yeah we'll do um, the third page um, covers you know a bunch of uh, miscellaneous expenses from equipment fuel and things like that so um, you can see there's you know some small increases in some areas um, decrease in some but um, pretty much you know with a with FY um, 23 being 1 million 21,000 we're at 1 million 80,000 it's not a huge difference about $60,000 altogether between the increases and decreases so um, I'm not sure if there's any questions in those areas. Like I said, it mirrored, that section mirrors exactly what was in the, the rate study. Nothing was changed there. All right, on the fourth page, um, the first section has to do with uh, basically the chemical electrical costs, maintenance of the buildings and equipment for the treatment plants. Um, we, we separate those out because we share those costs with, with Westminster. So um, they're completely separate and everything's um, bills and everything like that are separated out so that we can bill them their share um, of operating the regional treatment plant in Westminster. So um, some increases in line items, um, chemicals, electricity, you know, as everybody's experienced increases in electricity and things like that, you'll see that there is a altogether a $90,000 increase um, in those items. Not horrific as far as increases, but it's still enough to uh, impact our budget a bit. So um, fortunately we had a fairly mild winter and hopefully uh, we'll continue on with that and our fuel costs will, despite being at a higher um, price per gallon for some of the heating fuel and natural gas that, uh, you know, with the milder winters, it's been uh, kind of level through the years. Um, our contribution to the city, basically um, fringe benefits, um, reimbursed for other city costs um, is level funded for this year. Um, this will be a couple of years that it's level funded. Again, that's for um, personnel in the water department um, paying for their health insurance through the city. You know, we don't pay that bill, the city does, so then we reimburse the city. Um, it's just the, the way that works um, and some other things like that. Um, we reimburse the city for costs, um, you know, the treasurer's office collects all our payments um, and does the posting of those, so um, that's a good portion of the reimbursement for city costs. Um, and there's some reimbursement for other departments um, that totals up to uh, 140,000. Um, you know, some departments are only a couple percent or something like that, like the mayor's office is a couple percent, so it's not a significant amount, the major, um, expense if it were to be broken down would be the treasurer's office so they do quite a bit of work for us as far as uh the bills and things like that 
um, debt service. Um, you see with some of the, the loans for some of the new um, projects um, come online, we're also retiring some, not so much this coming year, but um, in 25 and 26, there's some retirements of loans that'll go on. So um, although our loans will go up a bit, um, for the most part, they're gonna be pretty level, increasing slightly in the next few years, but um, not dramatically because we are having other loans, like I said, paid off and retired, so. Um, Of course, interest rates are a little bit higher. Um, I'm not sure what the current SRF, if it's still 2% or not, do you know, Mark? So hopefully they are able to maintain that because that's basically we all we get as far as loans or grants is <coughs> that low interest loan through the, the uh, revolving fund, state revolving fund for uh, water projects. Um, the last grouping there is uh, capital expenditures. Um, we have, um, 150,000 for capital expenditures, um, includes equipment like a backhoe, um, pickups, service trucks, um, generator or something like that, usually is in that um, portion of it. So um, the last couple of years we bought a backhoe, a new service truck, um, a larger um, truck kind of like Unitel has for their work, um, replacing some older vehicles we had and um, we do need a couple new vehicles. Um, probably a new portable generator as well. So that's what's in that line on him. And of course, vehicle costs are up. <laughs> we don't get as good, good a rates as we used to um, through the state bid list. Um, pretty much everything is uh, elevated in those areas still. So um, one area I'm happy to, to increase, um, to see an increase and that's part of the, the uh, rate increase was to uh, bring the water system improvements account back up to 500,000. We use that for doing, um, not only for just, we do engineering for future projects, use that line item, but I've also used it for doing smaller pieces of water main, whether it's three or 400 feet of two inch, or um, even a, a section of larger pipe, uh, you know, a few hundred feet of that, we were able to, to fit that under that item. So um, it was kind of limited the last few years because we had our um, amount that we paid to the city go up. So that was one area that I, I cut. So. We're happy to have that and um, we usually have an on-call contractor and I, I think I mentioned it before, a good example is we had a water main break on Depot Street under the railroad tracks um, just before last winter um, and that's the second break in that area so we ended up using some of that money to replace a few hundred feet, about 400 feet of a 12 inch main through there just to make sure that we wouldn't do any damage to that railroad um, crossing and trestle. Um, and those are the type of things that, that come up during the course of the year. It's like, hey, we, you know, we were able to pave it correctly and get it you know, completely replaced from one main to the bridge. We didn't go through the bridge um, because of the complexity of that, but um, those are the type of things we do. And we just had, we had a, break, a leak on a street this past week, um, and it looks like we're gonna have to replace a two inch line, you know, a few hundred feet, so that'll take, you know, some money out of there. And now I have the, the budget to do something like that, you know, and not worry that I'm not gonna have the money for engineering as well, so. I'm real happy to have that so that we can address some of these smaller mains as well as keep up with the engineering for future projects that are in our capital plan. So I don't know if there's any questions on any of those or. Any questions? Just <clears throat> again, um, coming from the private sector, I see all the different pay increases. Yeah. Percentage is like disproportionate amongst all those listed. What 
triggers those increases in the differential? In the pays themselves, um, through the, the new contract negotiations we had with local 170, the increase in pays there, um, to bring those up and be competitive, that's probably our largest increases in the labor. Um, so are, are all these um, positions union? Um, yep, pretty much everyone except for me. So, yeah. Yeah, the, uh, the local 170 covers the uh, primary operator, treatment plan operators, the secondary treatment plan operators, the labor costs for distribution, meters, watersheds, um, which is some of our larger costs, so. Okay. And I just want to add to, um, there's one other union um, that covers like the water distribution system manager, um, uh, junior hydraulic engineer, business manager, a couple other people, um, and that's under negotiation right now. So that this budget is based off of um, assumed numbers, and those those numbers are subject to change in the next few weeks, whenever that gets negotiated and finalized. What. What I really don't like about the budget presentation, I know there's not another way of doing it without making it is, but these are actual amounts. If you go back to FY21, FY22, FY20, those are actual amounts was what we spend and it wasn't what, what we actually budgeted, assuming a full thing. So it actually, because we only had, you know, we were low on staff, the actual amount we spent was that that much, but it shows a huge increase. Well, in fact, if we had been fully staffed back then, it's not that significant. I don't. That's one thing I don't like about the, the budgets that the city does because it causes you to say, geez, you know, back in, just using one example, back in 22, you only spent 411,000, now we're at 746. Well, that's not true. If we'd really been at fully staffed, it would have been probably like 550, 600,000, you know what I mean? So, um, or close to fully staffed. So I, you know, just be aware of that, that those are actually projected numbers. Look at FY23, I mean, two or 350,000, we had, I mean, we, were, we had like three or four people out of nine people working in that department. Or they actually, you know, sometimes even less. So, so the, John, this budget reflects full, uh, full staffing? Yes, yeah. So assuming, you know, we got a budget for that, otherwise I wouldn't be able to hire the people if I didn't budget for the full staff. So that's assuming that. If we don't have full staff, then it'll be less. But we really need to be fully staffed to properly operate this water system. I mean, you know, flush hydrants and things like that. So, but... Yeah. But that's something, you go back to 19 and we spent 502,000, you know, that was pretty close. To, I think we had like one or two vacancies back then before we, you know, lost quite a few, um, you know, just what other cities and towns and stuff. So, um, but yeah, that's one of the, the reasons there. Another question? Sure. In the age of technology. Yep. 52,000 for pager stipend. Yep. We, they're not really pagers, they're not even cell phones, it's for being on call, it's just a term that's used in there. We should say on call, so we have personnel that are on call um, weekly, two for distribution, one for treatment. Um, they receive, what's the current rate, $300? Mm -hmm. Yeah, $300 a week for being available throughout the course of the week and then they'll get a call on if they are called in, so they have to be, be able to respond within 30 minutes, um, you know, and be fully capable of that. Yeah, so. we really ought to change the terminology. Yeah. Yeah, we should do that. We change that to on-call on duty. Yeah, on-call yeah. duty. I, I just look at on my budget also. I will, I'll, I'll make sure it's changed for the next one because it is uh, deceiving and stuff because 
as we call it, we, even when we're off as paging or whatever, it's like it's not, it's not that, or just you're stuck with that old term, you know. But yeah, I will change that, Mike. You're right. So, but that's what that covers. Um, like I said, we have one that's on call for treatment and two that's on call for distribution. So, um, I think the secondary. I think the prime actually. I think the primary is 350, and the secondary is 300 for distribution. Before it was um, 250 and 200 because it went up 100. dollars So um, that means that person can't do anything basically all yeah. week long. I mean, that's what we're paying them. Is like they, sure. they need to be responding. You know, and they can't go out with friends and have a few drinks. They can't. You know what I mean? That's what that that makes sense. You know, that is for so. Um, and that was reflected. We did increase it to reflect what other cities and towns are paying, you know, for a pager. Or, let's get away from the pager to be on call. So. <laughs> Any other questions? Okay, if not, it's my understanding we're looking for a motion to recommend to the City Council uh, to approve the budget for the water. Yes. Okay. No I make a motion. Do we have a second? Second. Discussion on the motion. Just that if we can get these a little earlier before we have to review them. Yeah, we were. I really have a hard time with. Yeah, no, I. I having, you this may have missed like, every year. Yeah, I, we were. We had it all set for some final numbers that Calvin had to get for um, loans and some contracts. Yeah. Um, so we didn't get those till Sunday night, and we sent them out Sunday mornings. I mean, uh, Monday morning. So I apologize for that. It should have been uh, a little sooner. So. Um, we'll it's just you know I'd rather even. Yeah. You know, vote to kick this down the road a month just yeah. to be able to digest it. You yeah. know, it's just it's yeah. a lot that's put in front of us. Yeah, no, and, and part of it was just so many contracts were in the midst of being um, negotiated and finalized right now. There's like yeah. three going before city council or did go before city council. So that caused until those were a little bit further along, they couldn't give us those numbers. So I'm hoping in future years we can give it, you know. Our plan was to give you a preliminary budget last month, and we had to hold off so you'd have a whole month. And sure. I think we should be able to do that next year because we won't have all these contracts at once. Not, I mean, not the for benefit is I ask fewer questions, right? Yeah. <laughs> but if you see something after, though, if you, you think of something afterwards, don't hesitate to give me a call. And yeah, stuff, but so. it, we're kind of like past that stage. Yeah, no, I understand. I mean, it'd just be helpful. Yeah. No, we'll strive for that next year. So one of the big I hold, I hold Calvin to the fire. So <laughs> well, I know he has to wait for the um, the debt service. Yeah, and that doesn't come in until the last week of April first. Yeah, of May. the numbers yeah. and so stuff. Once those numbers come in, we can't really plug in everything. So yeah. yeah, I understand that we need to have a roll call vote since we have someone remote. That says Nick's remote. Uh, so uh, George Center. In favor? Is that an aye? Is that an aye? Are you yes. yes. Okay. Yeah, please say it so we get it recorded. Uh, Nick? Aye. Uh, Mike? Aye. And Stephen? Aye. And the motion carries. Okay, John, what else do you have? Um, next item on the agenda is the Oak Hill Tank Project, which has come along real well. Um, we had a pour last week of 400 yards of concrete. It started at 2 o'clock in the morning um, and went till 6 o'clock the next night, so, and everything went smoothly with that. So it took a little longer for them because it was a little longer to pump the concrete into the tank, um, but otherwise getting the, the concrete trucks up that steep hill and you know in and out of there um, was uh, went real well. So and we 
the previous week it got pushed back because of the weather, and fortunately the weather cooperated with us because the previous week we had had rain every other day and the road was kind of a little bit sloppy. So we had enough dry days before that next scheduled uh, thing, which is, you know, it's a, there's a lot of coordination when you've got to have, you know, 30, 40, 50 tr some concrete trucks come in and, you know, pump that concrete in there. So um, we're glad the weather um, cooperated for that the second week. Um, our next pour on that, um, they have to do one more lift in the tanks to bring the tank about six, eight, six to eight feet out of the ground is 100 yards, which is uh, next week. Um, that'll just be completed during the day, and then, then there's some roof sections and things like that that'll have to go in. But all in all, it's going pretty well. Um, it should be completed and back online, you know, the new tank online, not back online, the new tank online um, in sometime in July. So. We're anxious to do that, um, get that done, because we really like to have that storage in place for the next item on my agenda, the SCADA project, which involves shutting down the plant. So um, so everything's going pretty well with that. We probably won't do some restoration work until um, late August or September, you know, the looming and seeding around the tank and the fencing, um, just so that, you know, we don't, um, fall's a good time to grow in grass, but you don't want to start it too early. Um, you know, if, if things are real dry. So um, beginning of September to get everything seeded, loomed and seeded would uh, be perfect rather than trying to do it in July and then have it sit there all August and fry in the sun, basically. So um, that'll be the last tank that we have. I mean, we're real excited. I mean, we really are to get that back up and uh, online. So we're excited to have that project be where it is and eventually get it behind us. So um, any change orders with it have been smaller, all within um, what we budgeted and stuff. So I got one more today, which is a, a small amount, but it was with, within the contingency that we expected. So we don't expect anything else major come along. So um, we're happy about that too, to be you know within the budget of the, the project. So um, like I said, the skater project, we actually do have everything in pretty much for um, as far as all the controls and cards and drives and everything else for the system. They're constructing much of it off or assembling much of it off site. Um, the panels and things like that and they're being tested remote, you know, tested there, um, going through factory tests and things like that um, before they actually bring them out to the each of the plants for installation. So we expect that project to really get going in August and September um, and continue right through fall and get completed in November um, and then just, you know, button, I mean, uh, final punch list items completed by Christmas. That's the goal of the contractor. So he wants to be completely done 100% already before before Christmas or by the end of the year. So we're really, again, that's been a lot. We've mentioned it many times. And I mean, we're winning, running the plants with Windows XP computers and buying stuff off of uh, eBay. I mean, literally off of eBay, you know, parts and things like that. Um, so we're happy to, to get that completed finally. So that uh, the whole chip shortage really uh, put us behind, but um, the end product will uh, really uh, facilitate our personnel operating the plant. So they'll actually be able to remotely, they won't be able to remotely control the plants, but they'll be able to bring home a iPad or um, tablet or something like that, where they could see if an alarm comes in, they could see what's going on. Or if something was acting a little weird during the day, it's like, oh, I can just, you know, the on-call person would have that tablet, be able to look at it. It's like, yeah, everything seems fine, the chlorine levels or you know, the filter, whatever filter valve may have been sticking or something like that, you know, they'll be able to check things like that without having to actually go into the plant. So that'll be a, a huge plus. Um, 
even for myself, you know, when we have a water main break, we look at tank levels, I would be able to have a tablet, and rather than calling my personnel, it's like, hey, you know, while they're attending to something else, bother them, hey, can you check the tank levels, and, you know, things like that, are they, you know, refilling, Is it, did it get below this level, and things like that, it's like, we'll be able to monitor that separately, so it'll give us a, a lot better, um, a lot better tools for monitoring the system and making sure that, you know, we're, we're addressing everything in a timely manner. Um, next item is the Boulder Drive Main Street Water Replacement Project. We got some preliminary plans that we've been looking at. Um, we're evaluating all the fire protection services in the downtown area, including the buildings um, and what system they're um, served off of. Um, so we need to determine whether we can um, eliminate one of the water mains on Main Street so that we have a high and low system main. We'd like to just uh, redu reduce it to one main and save quite a bit of money and then have another main over on Boulder Drive. There is some some piping on Boulder Drive, but it doesn't cover the whole length of the road. So we're hoping to have one main on each street um, rather than two on Main Street and, you know, a couple feeders over to Boulder Drive. So it would uh, vastly improve fire protection, you know, in the downtown area well as, and then when the roads are finally done, we won't have to worry about uh, water main break uh, blowing something out. So, but it is a pretty big project. So that we, you know, we'll plan on doing next year um, in uh, 24. So, um, the last, uh, the next item I have is the SRF finding. We did apply for that for the meeting house, gatehouse, Merrimack pump station rehabilitation project, but unfortunately, we didn't make the list for that. So we'll have to go through a conventional loan. Um, for financing that project. Um, Springfield Water just had a huge project in there. It took, I think it was like $250 million out of that. Otherwise, we probably would have, uh, you know, gotten that type of funding. So um, we just didn't rank high enough with regards to other projects and is ranked pretty high, but with that first project taking so much of the money um, for this year, it wasn't, uh, just wasn't enough for us to make the list, unfortunately, so. But we'll apply again next year for whatever project, and uh, hopefully uh, we'll have success as we have in the past with future ones. So, and the last item was I uh, kind of covered was the staffing update. Um, we're r really excited about that. I mean, it just it's just a whole different outlook up there. I mean, we you know trying to get everything done was very difficult at times with the you know being a half staff, you know, running around trying to. You know, people having issues at their homes with a service line or something like that, and trying to do our other work and repair leaks. It just, it was, uh, it was pretty tough. And you know, with the personnel we've hired, they all seem to be pretty good people and stuff. And some, like I said, with a pretty good experience, where they don't have to, you know, we don't have to train them for a couple of years. They can come in and you know hit the ground running. So uh, it's a huge plus. So um, real, really good group of people. I I feel them. We're doing. Uh, we're doing real well in that area, so changes your outlook because <laughs> it, it was pretty tough at times. Let me tell you, <laughs> uh, it's like how are we going to get this done today? We got all these things and we don't have enough people. <laughs> Question, yep, Mike. <clears throat> We're talking about increasing staffing levels. Yeah, I get it. Um, have most of these positions been filled or? You anticipate filling them shortly? Yeah, we have all but three positions filled, and we have some more interviews next week, so we're figuring on filling those last three out of 25 positions. Okay. Now, we're, we're, we're at the same number of positions we have been for seven or eight years. I mean, we haven't increased the number. We just haven't filled them all because we haven't paid enough, basically. So. Okay, so my question is labor. I might have some of this wrong, but if 
if we're filling all these positions, I would anticipate that the overtime light item should drop quite a bit. Um, not necessary because we don't have planned overtime. Um, most of our overtime is due to um, call-ins and things like that, which is a fairly standard thing. So what we will do, do is spend less on contracted services from outside because we've had to use the contractors a number of times just to, you know, our crew, we only have one crew that could repair a leak and we'd have another one come in. So at times we've had two contractors. So contracted services and some of that work should go down where we're, you know, having outside companies come in. But as far as overtime, um, we don't we don't have scheduled overtime. All the overtime is due to call-ins. So there's a break at one o'clock in the morning or a service line. Okay, that's where all that comes in. Um, during the winter months, it's due to snowstorms because we have to plow to keep the uh, we don't plow for the city, but we have to plow to keep all our facilities open. So there's overtime involved with that. So um, that didn't really affect the number of people. Unfortunately, those same people were working so much overtime. You know that they were getting very tired, you know, yeah. the same people we on call every week, every week, every, you know, we had people that were on call two months in a row. I mean, literally eight weeks in a row. And uh, thankfully for them that they were available and worked with us on doing that. But now we'll be able to spread it out, but it's still going to be the same amount of overtime. And the other, oh, and one other point is that because we have to man the plants on the weekends, the regional plant has to be manned eight hours each day, as well as every holiday, and the fuel plant has to be. So we have a set amount of overtime just because of that. It doesn't matter how many personnel there are. But like I said, now it'll be spread out among more personnel instead of the same people working every weekend. So, so with more ability to do our own work in-house, is there a line item contracted services that might go down? Yeah, yeah, that should go down. So, and some of it is in water system improvements as well. Um, yeah, you can see back in um, nineteen and twenty in contracted services, we were at fifty nine, fifty one thousand, and twenty one we went to ninety thousand. In 22, we went to 105,000, and this year we're projected to spend 114, and maybe even more. We're hoping that'll cut back by, you know, go back down to the $60,000 mark. It's still budgeted at 100,000, just because I wasn't certain of what we would have for staffing, but I'm hoping that we can, you know, limit that as much as possible. So, okay, thank you. Any other questions for John? Okay. Like um, Mark, you're up. I'm up. <clears throat> My first um, item is in regards to the CSO projects we have upcoming. We have CSO's 10 um, project, which is scheduled to begin um, within the next few weeks, and also CSO 32, 45, and 83, which is scheduled to begin next year. Um, we took out a C SRF loan last year for these two projects of $30 million. We combined them to. Since that time, we found out that there is some additional funding that's going to be required due to rising costs. And so I each gave you a letter describing where these costs are originating from. Um, well, let me go through it. Seek we're seeking an additional $6 million <clears throat> for the CSO 10, CSO 32, 45, and 83 due to um, rising construction costs that we've had. The previous 30 million was based on 2022 numbers. Um, since then, everything has gone up as we've seen. 
significant increase in construction materials. Um, pipe conditions, you know, we've, uh, during the investigation phase, significant sewer pipe degradation was observed, requires pipe replacement rather than lining that we originally were planning on doing. Um, drain upsizing due to climate resiliency. Um, preliminary modeling suggests uh, results indicate that more extensive drain upsizing may be required in certain areas in order to uh, match the 2070 10-year 24-hour storm event. Uh, and also green infrastructure. In recent years, the city has been pursuing MVP action grants for the design of green infrastructures to be included in the construction of sewer separation projects. Um, these projects provide environmental benefits, reduce stormwater volume to the stormwater collection system, and also encourage the, the, through the city's consent decree that's we're mandated. And finally, paving, um, which the costs have gone up. CSL 10 separation project, additional curb to curb paving was included in the project for areas where water and gas improvements were already done. And so we're gonna go over it and finish the job of completely paving it. Um, which will improve the roadway drainage and provides a visible new roadway. Now all these, the new appropriation, the $6 million that we're requesting that the, the Wastewater Commission approve, it has been um, added into the sewer rate study we just voted on. So these numbers were included in that. Um, so, and this is for sewer only. <coughs> so it's required by June 30th and that's why we're, we're including it now. It's, um, we sent a letter to the mayor and I believe he has it included in next week's city council meetings also, so. We have questions for Mark. Okay, if, if not, I understand what we're looking for is a motion to um, recommend to the city council to approve the additional appropriation request. Is that, is that correct? Yes. Okay. Someone like to make that motion? I'll make that motion. Do I have a second? I'll second it. Second. Okay. Um, any discussion on the motion? Just a comment. Yeah, <laughs> go ahead. Drain upsizing and climate resiliency. We're doing a separation process, right? Mm -hmm. So I would kind of think if we're taking a volume of discharge and separating it, we still have to upsize our system. Nick? <laughs> yeah, so, so Mike, when we separate out the, the drain from the sewer, we have to base the size of the drain on um, climate projections. So the amount of rainfall that's forecasted um, we can use statistical data from the past, you know, X number of years to come up with that number. Um, but the, the more current school of thought is to take the number that exists currently for projected annual rainfall um, and project that out over an additional 50 to 70 years or so, so that in 25, 30 years, if we keep seeing the amount of rainfall intensity increases that we've, we've seen over the last 50, 100 years, we're not left in a tough spot where we have to then come back in in 20, 25 years and re-upsize the drainage system or deal with flooding issues, et cetera. Um, so it's kind of a, a change in engineering philosophy over the past 10, 15 years with a lot of the climate resiliency initiatives that um, you know, the EPA, DEP, et cetera, has kind of pushed through. So current sizes work for 100 years, but we got to spend more for a Well, maybe. the problem is that 
current sizes haven't worked for the past hundred years. That's one of the reasons why we're we're going through this separation. Uh, and it's tough to know exactly what size system you need to install when everything's been combined into one pipe without any sort of separation to, to measure the amount of rainfall versus the amount of sewage. So when we put in a, a new stormwater system in the ground, we want to make sure it's the right size. And right now we're we're upsizing it for the projected rainfall in the year 2070 versus um, what we're seeing right now. So it's it's upsizing it, but it's also doing so um, just to make sure we're not back there dealing with flooding issues in 10, 20, 50 years or so. Okay. Um, Thank you. I was just looking for some savings for the residents. <laughs> and that's what we're trying to go after MVP grant funding for. So we, we've, we've gone through, the, there's an executive office of energy and environmental affairs grant program called the Municipal Vulnerability Preparedness Grant Program. Um, and they provide money for addressing climate resiliency improvements for drains, sewers, um, et cetera. So um, we're going after additional funding through those grant programs to offset some of these additional costs with, with designing and implementing the, the climate resiliency initiatives. So um, over the past, I'd say, year and a half, we've, we've gotten a couple hundred thousand dollars from the EEA through that grant program for these combined sewer separation projects. Um, so that's it's helping a little bit. I know it's not a magic bullet solution, but thank you. Okay, we have a motion made and seconded. Uh, we'll take a roll, roll call vote. Uh, George Cena, aye. Nicholas Erickson, aye. Michael McLaughlin, aye. And Stephen Budurther, aye. Motion carries. What do you got next, Mark? Uh, speaking about grants, um, good news. We do have a, a, a mandate came out last year for the CSO notification law. Um, it's a law that states that we have to notify the public whenever there's a CSO event, either with the, the sewer system or the wastewater treatment plant. Um, costs money to do that. Well, we applied for a grant last year, and I'm happy to say that we were awarded a, um, a grant from the MassDEP for $71,800 to reimburse us for the cost of what it, we put in it last year. So that was good news. Um, local 888 contract negotiations, I believe, have been completed. They're part of the package um, the city will be voting on next week. This is the, the contract for the wastewater treatment plant operators and just the wastewater plant itself. Um, it was kind of a quick negotiation. They um, negotiated a Kohler increase, and basically that's where everything was. So it was a quick, easy, uh, very pleasant negotiation. So that was done. And the last thing I have is the wastewater budget. If you see the budget, you'll notice that there is a substantial increase from last year. Um, that's due to some capital projects we have on the agenda for next year due to the consent decree we have. Um, if you look on the top of the page one, you can see some of the increases. Um, revenue has gone up, and that's from our sewer rate study, but the total, the subtotal PS, the personnel services has gone up, and like John, it's due to um, contract negotiations. You can see it on page two with the personnel expenses. They've gone up um, a little bit. 
you know, they all had contract negotiation, all have Kohler increases, so these things have gone up. The next item is the wastewater expenses. Um, this was an increase substantially from last year also. A lot of it has to do with we have more accurate chemical um, numbers to play with. Last year we had to set the budget before we got the chemical um, estimates. This year they did it earlier so we have more accurate numbers. So we kind of know where we're going to be next year with the chemicals. We also had to increase the, the last item on page two, which is the architectural and engineering line. These are the engineering costs that are going to be going to a lot of the projects that we have going on next year. Um, you can see they, it's up from last year. We didn't have a lot of these projects going on, but they're starting um, now for next year. And they're all due to the consent decree items that we have. And you can see that also with the capital expenditures on the last page. Um, this was the largest increase we've had, if you look at the bottom. The major increase we've had is due to the um, wastewater treatment plant. We've having some upgrades done down, the, down there. The last items we need to address is the, um, a couple of tanks that were not retrofitted or refurbished with the last SSU upgrade. Um, this project will take care of last, those last two items and also update the lab in the locker rooms and some of the office space up there to have more current standards. We're taking out of retained earnings. That's why it's a large item here. We're not going to seeking a loan for this. We have quite a large balance of retained earnings and it's going to be drawn down a little bit. I believe this came out at the, um, the sewer rate study that we were talking about. So this is, you know, we have the funds there. We might as well use those funds now. <coughs> so that's the $5.6 million line item. You see with the East Wastewater Treatment Facility renovations. And a few of the other items are um, things that we have to get done. Um, CSOs projects, um, the, the notifications for the CSOs, and one item is a large item that would be the grief container relocation construction, the million dollars. We're looking to see if we can eliminate the pump station at the West Plant. The West Plant is basically a pump station for the last remaining paper mill and anything that's beyond that. We were hoping to see if we can put it into the sewer system directly without using the pump station, especially if the West Plant is going to be utilized as an anaerobic digester you know, energy renewal facility. We don't know, we're still doing the study, we don't know if that's possible or not. It might not be possible for us to go that route, but if we did, we put it in the line item just in case we wanted to go that route, uh, then we can totally eliminate our, you know, our presence at the West Plant totally, so. So what does that, what does the million dollars? That would go to the construction of tying in that line into the, the main that's up there and okay. upsizing the main okay. to meet it. So get rid of the pump and just put in a pipe that can handle the flow? Yeah, if you, if you ever drive by the West Plant, you can still see this a couple of tanks that are still full of liquids. That's, it's mainly a pump station for the paper mill. So they discharge into there and then we pump that down to the East Plant and treat it down there. So if we could eliminate it, we'd save an electricity 
and that stuff, you know, and we can totally give the property. We won't have to go there and deal with it every day. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So those are the big changes on why the budget is different than last year. Um, and it's those few line items that really boosted up the cost. No questions for Mark. If not, then I will entertain a motion to recommend to the City Council to approve the recommended budget. Someone will make that motion? Make the motion. Thanks, Steve. Second, uh, George, I'll take a roll call vote. Uh, George Cena. Aye. Nicholas Erickson. Aye. Michael McLaughlin. Aye. And Stephen Bodartha. Aye. The motion carries. Okay, that's the end of our um, agenda. There is one item that I forgot when we, I'm trying to get used to doing all these things right. I forgot to take a motion to approve the minutes. Does everybody have a chance to review the minutes? I'll make the motion to approve. Second. Okay, George Cena. Aye. Nicholas Erickson. Aye. Michael McLaughlin. Aye. Stephen Badertha. Aye. Motion carries, thank you. Uh, the next meeting will be June 21st here uh, at 5 p.m. One question, if I may? Yes. Um, architectural engineering, mm -hmm. it went from 380 to 1.8. Correct? Yes, 387, 200. Is that kind of like a one-time As you look for, over for all this the, that's all this that's going on? Yes. These are a few items that are dealing with the projects we have, so they're like one-time costs that won't be repeated next year. It's things that have to get done in order. It's the studies that we're doing for the projects that are coming up. Um, let me see. So, so we could be back to that 380 next year. It'll be substantially lower than, than next year. Okay. I mean, next year, you know, we have coming up is a hydraulic model mm -hmm. that we have to do for the consent decree. That's 250000 right there. Um, these are estimates, too. 200000 for a wastewater management phase three that we have to submit to the DEP by the end of this year. We have a um, NEPTES permit review. We're supposed to be getting a NEPTES permit in the next six months, hopefully, for the treatment plant. It's been expired since 2015. Yeah. So, and that's going to take uh, some time in, um, for reviewing that. And there was a study, a study doing on um, in looking at the inflow and infiltration on Depot Street and Westminster Street. So, okay. those are one time costs that should not happen again. Now, quick question. Mm -hmm. I've been on, I don't know how long I've been on the board, seven years or something like that. Studies. I don't think there's been a case since I've been on the board where the study hasn't really confirmed what you guys already knew. Are these studies a state or federal thing? Because I just watch hundreds of thousands of dollars go to studies when you could be sticking the shovel in the ground with the money. I agree. But I'm, I'm new at this. I'm learning. Maybe Nick or John would have a better answer. Yeah, I that. think the studies, I mean, Nick can jump in, but they're required you know, by yeah, federal so, or state? So, yeah. They're, they're required by the EPA's consent decree with the city. Um, there's a number of studies from the start of the consent decree back in 2012 all the way through the completion in 2030-ish. 
Um, and then following the completion in 2030, there's additional studies to make sure that the work that we did actually worked, um, kind of like a, a post-monitoring type thing. So we need um, a study to make sure the study worked. <laughs> exactly. And unfortunately, there's the EPA laid out very clearly in the consent decree all these different deliverables. And each of these studies is one of those deliverables that we have to give to the EPA, let them review it, comment on it, and then incorporate any of their comments, changes, edits, et cetera. Um, I will say that out of all the studies that we've submitted to them to date, um, we haven't gotten a lot of feedback, to be honest. And I'd, I'd be willing to bet that a lot of them haven't even been read, um, which is unfortunate. And it's, it, it sucks for us as, as the, the city that we have to do these things. We have to spend the money on them, allocate resources to them just to kind of check a box for this consent decree that we have. Um, but that's some that's a, a bigger discussion, I think, that we would need to have with EPA and DEP if we wanted to try to try to get out of doing some of this stuff. Um, and we, we do have uh, our, one of our consultants, Weston and Sampson, they look at consent decree requirements. And they look at it every opportunity they can to try to negotiate with the EPA and kind of not get us out of doing the work, but maybe um, get the work done a little bit more efficiently and without as much waste. Um, and they, they've been helping us through this process and advising us on when to contact EPA and what to ask, ask of them. Um, and there, there might be some of these studies towards the end of the consent decree that are required that we might be able to kind of not, not get out of, but reduce the, the scope and magnitude of. Maybe we should have written requests to the EPA for responses based on what we submitted. Good luck with that. <laughs> and if they don't respond, then maybe we should just not do them anymore. I'll make a motion. I think part of the problem. Yeah, I think part of the problem is that the city, because they didn't do anything for so long. Now the EPA is like, we want everything given to us and everything studied and every, you know, they want everything. Whereas before, it's like they, you know, they might have taken the word of the city, but now it's like not anymore. Well, for for a while there, they were asking the city to do stuff, and we, as the city, just basically said, "Well, no, we're not going to do that," and that's why we ended up with the consent decree. And now it's now it's the other way, where we're required to do, like John said, kind of everything, soup to nuts. Yeah. And now they they don't have enough staff to keep up with reviewing everything that they've asked us to put together. I think so. That's that's what they want. They want it all handed to them. You know, maybe they haven't looked at it, but they assume that the consultants, you know did it correctly and looked at everything and they, you know, not just take our word for it, so. And, and yeah. I do notice that the DP does have a better relationship with the city now than it did when I first started, you know, 11 years ago. They, they see the work being done. They're, you know, some of these have confirmed the work that we're being done and the test results from the treatment plan obviously have been substantially so much better. So they're not looking at us with a microscope like they used to. And so that's a good thing. Maybe with our track record, you guys should ask for some concessions from some of the consent decree. Okay, I think we are at the end of our business, and I know we've got another meeting scheduled right after this. So make a motion to adjourn. Do we have a second. Second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. We are adjourned. Aye. Thank you. Thank you.